Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to the animated series Star Wars Resistance. Alright everyone, hello and welcome to the latest episode of Radio Dakar. I am your host, Doug Brooks. Thank you for joining me for this episode, which is all about Star Wars Resistance. A little bit of Episode 9 news. But we are getting more and more footage, interviews, writing about the series. It's getting close. As I record this, we're about two and a half weeks away from the October 7th premiere. So I've got lots of news to go over, kind of bring it all together from what we've been learning online and through um, the video releases by Lucasfilm. And we'll get a better idea of what we can expect when the series uh, starts with the one-hour episode, The Recruit, on Disney Channel. Uh, Real quick, I did mention Episode 9. There was I don't think it's been officially announced, but there have been a couple of casting additions uh, joining the ones that I've discussed on a previous episode. Uh, They are adding Dominic Monaghan, who was... I can, never, I can never remember. Mary in Lord of the Rings. Um, yeah, Pippin. Yeah, Pippin was the other one. Okay. Yeah, Mary in Lord of the Rings and also Charlie on Lost, which is the connection there because J.J. Abrams helped create Lost and he was on that show, so they know each other from there. So he'll be joining Star Wars along with Matt Smith from Doctor Who, who played one of the Doctors. It's very ironic that I talk about Doctor Who so much on this podcast, considering I've never watched an episode. But, as I said on the first episode, I've known about it since I was a kid, just never got around to it. And we're getting to the point where a lot of people who have experience in Doctor Who are coming aboard to Star Wars. That's great. Um, Matt Smith, from what I can tell, he's a really good actor, so these are both fine additions. No idea who they're playing yet. They are filming. There's been some spy photos. I'm not going to get into speculation or pirated information, anything like that. I will say, from what I've, I've looked at the set photos that have been leaked, I liked. They're, they're going for new environments, and I like that. That's all I'll say. I don't want to step on any toes for any official reveals we're probably well for sure the 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 first trailer will happen in April at Star Wars Celebration Chicago I don't know if JJ would do the one year in advance deal on Black Friday like he did with Force Awakens that's okay so that's the only real concrete news that has come out and these were in the trades like Variety and Hollywood Reporter that Dominic Monaghan and Matt Smith have joined the cast But let's move on to Resistance. Now, I will say, before I get started, uh, I'm going to try to still do the Poe Dameron comic review episode before the series starts. That might be the week of. It's going to push it really tight. I still haven't gone back and reviewed all the issues. I may have to get some help from Wikipedia to fill in the blanks. It's important, I think, to review that series because given what we know now about the timeline of Resistance, all this comes together. 
and I think it was officially announced in the D23 magazine. Jonah Marie Macias at Blue Jay Guys on Twitter posted that article, and I'll reference it a bit later on. But I think it was in there that they confirmed Star Wars Resistance begins six months before The Force Awakens. Not years before, it is six months. And I'll get into what I think that means for the series later. But that's not a lot of time to get our existing chess pieces, so to say, into place. Poe and BB-8, of course, are on the show. Princess Leia, General Organa, is on the show. We know where they're going to be in six months. She sends him to Jakku to find Lor Santeca and the map to Luke. So that's a pretty tight timeline to get to that point. And then the Poe comic book, the first... 20-ish issues of that involve Poe's search for Lor Santeca. And I'm not... When I do the review episode, I'll try to find this information for sure, but it can't be more than six months before The Force Awakens that the comic series starts taking place because of his hunt and being tracked by Agent Terex and the First Order. I wonder now if the comic book will merge with Resistance as far as Poe's whereabouts. Uh, at Chaos Bria on Twitter brought up a good point. I'll just read her tweet. So, what if Star Wars Resistance takes place after Poe Dameron number 13? Spoiler here. Poe would be sending Kaz to root out a spy not long after discovering the one in his own Black Squadron's midst. So it's quite possible they will reference things from the comic book in the series that will help tie it together and get us to the point of The Force Awakens. I'll get to that in a little bit after I've talked about more about the characters. For one thing, I think Poe... I don't think Oscar Isaac was able to show up for every episode. So I think Poe... He'll be heavy in the in the recruit, the pilot episode. But he may not... At Once he sent Kaz on his mission on the Colossus, he may not be in it much longer after that. We'll see what happens with BB-8. So that at least fits the timeline that Poe does this mission and then goes off on his search that is chronicled in the comic series. Anyway, I will try to get that episode out before the series starts on October 7th. But for now, let's just dive into... All the information that we've been given on Resistance the last couple of weeks. I tried to hold off on this podcast as long as I could because you could tell there was going to be a second featurette uh, video posted after they did the Team Fireball edition, and they did with the Aces. And there's been articles in Entertainment Weekly and Variety, not Variety, uh, USA Today, that gave us more information to go with that. And just other information has trickled out from D23 and other releases. Alright, so... Alright, Team Fireball was the subject of that first uh, video they showed. It's pretty much what Poe sets in motion on the series, it appears. So this is... And if you don't remember, or you haven't noticed... The crux of the series is that Poe 
as sent by General Leia, I would assume, is trying to discover loyalists to the First Order. And he thinks that there is a spy amongst the Resistance on this water planet where this refueling station called the Colossus is found. And that's the main setting that we've seen in the trailer and these videos. So Poe sends Kazuto Ziono, Kaz. By the way, the great thing about these videos is we know how to pronounce all these names now, so I don't have to guess, because I stumbled through that on a previous episode. But it's, it is Kaz, like Jazz. So he sends Kaz to the Colossus, and it appears Kaz is already a Republic pilot. And so he's sent as a operative to, uh, to do recon at the Colossus. I don't know if BB-8 will hang with him the whole time. We'll see about that. But his job is to find the First Order spy amongst these people who are sympathetic to the Resistance or in the Resistance. So, as they explained in the video, and that's where I'm getting most of these citations from, the Colossus also serves as a jumping point for these pilots to defend it against any First Order threats or any other threats, I would assume. And when they're not doing that, they just race for fun. So it'll be a mix of the drama and the laid-back racing um, so there's people on the Colossus that Poe trusts, I would assume, to have Kaz join their group. So he is going to be the pilot of a racer called the Fireball, hence Team Fireball. And the other main character is, uh, his name is Yeager. I pronounced it Jaeger previously because I figured he's named after Chuck Jaeger, uh, the pilot who broke the sound barrier. On this show, Jaeger, played by Scott Lawrence, is a former pilot in the Rebellion all those many years ago. He's retired. He just wants to settle down, so he's a mechanic on the Colossus. And the other mechanics on his team are uh, Tam Rivora, played by Susie McGrath, and... She's a, uh, also a racer, but she had lost her ship, so she just sticks to working in the shop, it appears. And there's also Niku, who is a Nikto, and I should have brought up his name. I've talked about who's playing who in previous episodes, so if I miss any names, I apologize to those people, if, if they happen to be listening. Um, and they were mentioned in the video. They introduce themselves, tell who they're playing, which is great, because you get to see the cast get to know them a little bit better. So Niku is... Uh, he was described as a genius, but very naive. Uh, he has very direct quotes about like his circulatory system, um, running higher when he gets excited. Um, in some of the promotional art, he had what looked like a pet frog of some sort. Uh, we haven't seen it yet too much. Kind of, kind of. I mean, people have mentioned this. Kind of looks like Hypnotoad on Futurama, which I think is great. And then you also have Bucket, who is a uh, repurposed droid, bit of a mishmash. 
if you've ever read the Tales from Wild Space, there's a, a droid on that in that book series that Bucket kind of reminds me of. So they all work together in the shop uh, for Team Fireball so that Kaz can pilot the Fireball in these races. I'm trying to think if there's anything else to mention. That's probably it for them. I may come back to a fact. Alright, so the aces are the actual pilots. And it was nice enough uh, nice enough of the animators to give them each a distinctive color, so their ships all look different, their droids look different. And I'll get into it, but this show just looks so beautiful in the previews we've seen. Uh, Amy Beth Christensen and her team have done an amazing job with the color and just the vibrance of this show. It's really unlike anything we've seen in Star Wars so far. But it lends to the nature that it's definitely for kids uh, being on Disney, Disney XD. And just giving us you know, kind of a hopeful look at where the galaxy is at this point because the war really hasn't started yet. So, you have, for the Aces, you have uh, Toradoza. She is the daughter of the guy who runs the Colossus, uh, Captain Emmanuel Doza. Uh, she's uh, the youngest of any of the characters on here. She's 15, and she is the blue ace. She flies the blue uh, fighter, racer. It appears that all of the racers can double as their fighters. Uh, some of them have different wing configurations and all that, so that's really neat. I'll get, I'll get into marketing later, but I really hope they come out with... They market this really well as far as the toys go with Hot Wheels or the 3.75-inch scale line. I remember when Phantom Menace toys came out in 1999... I would have bought every one of the pod racers for that scale if they had come out with them, but I only got Sebulba and Anakin. They never really followed through after that. But if they were to do all the ships on this series, that would be great for kids. You know, make them about 20 bucks. Don't have to be, like, super large scale. And they look more like stunt fighters anyway, so I can't imagine they'd be too huge like, um, like some of the really detailed X-Wing fighters they've released in the past. Anyway, I'm getting off topic, but... Uh, so you have Hype Faison, played by Donald Faison, and it was confirmed that he was... that Dave Filoni did name him after the, uh, the voice actor. Uh, he is described as the best pilot. He's a Rodian, uh, same species as Greedo. And he is the Green Ace. His ship is green. He refers to himself as Ace-1 in the... in a clip where it looks like they're fighting somebody. So we'll see how that dynamic goes with who is gets a number designation in their group. What's interesting about Hype is he has sponsors, and they talk about it. He has sponsors on his clothes, on his uh, ship. That's really nothing we've seen before in Star Wars, and that's kind of neat. Now, we've seen corporations and different businesses... Uh, as I mentioned in the book review episode, the Constar Mining Company is a factor in Phasma. But I don't know if it would be 
just like a visual Easter egg or something, but it'd be really neat to see, like, what kind of sponsors can you get for a racer in this galaxy? So we'll have to see on that. Alright, uh, Griff Halloran. What's great about Griff, before I get into his character, is that he is played by Steven Stanton. We were hoping he would come back. He is a veteran of Star Wars. He, on Rebels, played several characters. He was the voice of Grand Moff Tarkin. He was the voice of AP-5, the memorable droid. Um, he was an Imperial inventory clerk droid, basically, and then befriended Chopper. And then he also played old Obi-Wan Kenobi in the memorable episode Twin Sons when he faced off against Maul for the last time. And he's also well known as the voice of Admiral Raddus in Rogue One. So Steven is no stranger to Star Wars. And he is back for Resistance. He is playing Griff Halloran who is described as an ex-Imperial pilot. He has the Imperial logo tattooed on his arm. He has a repurposed TIE fighter as his ship. It almost looks like the TIE striker from Rogue One, but modified. Now, I will say also, they updated the databank on StarWars.com for all these characters and these ships. Under Griff's entry, it's not so clear that he is actual, actual ex-Imperial uh, it speculates, is he that, or it, does he just do this to intimidate? Uh, he is Black Ace. Naturally, um, he has the black ship and has an old TIE Fighter pilot helmet that has been painted. It's really cool, and somebody already tweeted to Stephen Stanton. They made a custom of the helmet in real life, and the way it's painted white on the front, it almost looks like a skull. Uh, it, it's a really cool character. Uh, moving on, we have Freya Fenris, who is played by another veteran of Star Wars. Her name is Mary Elizabeth McGlynn. She played several characters on Rebels. So, again, uh, a familiar voice returning. Um, Freya is described as cold and fierce and all business. She is Red Ace. You don't get too much from her, but in the video, but that can go along with the mysteriousness of her. Maybe she just doesn't want to associate with everybody, but she's there to do her thing. Now, someone who really doesn't talk, uh, as far as we know yet, is Bo Keevil, who is the same species as Plo Koon, uh, the Jedi Master. He is a stunt racer, and he uh, he's the one in the group most likely to crash his ship. And he is Yellow Ace. Again, he didn't talk, so he's very mysterious, you know. Don't know a lot yet about him. So, that covers the Aces. Um, I'll just keep going with the characters. They also... An, one of the articles mentioned um, that the acquisition store on the Colossus is called Flix and Orcus Station. Those are the characters played by Bobby Moynihan and Jim Rash, who I raved about previously. They'll be, I would imagine, more of the comic relief on the ship, or on the station. Um, 
so people will be visiting them every now and then. Now moving on to what I would assume is the big bad of the series, you have Major Von Reg, played by Lex Lang, who is a um, First Order TIE pilot, but he has crimson armor. And so, as they described in the article, he is literally the Red Baron of the show, which is just a neat concept. And, and it will make him visually unique. For those of you who have played Battlefront 2, Inferno Squad is a great group, and I love everything about that game and that group, the novel that was written about them. But they're still just wearing the traditional black TIE fighter uniform, but with crimson detail. So sometimes it's a little tough to differentiate them uh, in games and art and stuff like that. So for Major Von Reg to have a completely red outfit in the style of the First Order TIE pilot will look really cool. Now where this kind of created a trap for us was, and now that it's officially been revealed, I'll refer back to it, it was that blurry art that was presented in France, and we never got a really clear shot of it. So you see the Imperial side, and you see TIE pilots and stormtroopers, Captain Phasma, who will be on the show as well. And then the, the red trooper, who in a blurry image we hoped and thought was Cardinal from the Phasma novel. Turns out it is not. But I do like... Now, as much as I love Cardinal, without getting into spoilers, his fate at this point in time, so close to the movies, makes sense to not have him on the show now. So I'm not too upset about that, even though I would love to see him. Uh, to have a new character like Major Von Rag... You, you can play with it more as a foil for the other characters. You don't yet know about his fate. I mean, it's very akin to the Inquisitors and Agent Callus before he became Hot Callus on Rebels. It's these new villains. They're independent to the show, but you don't know what their ultimate fate will be. Alright, I'm pretty sure I have covered all the new characters. So, again, Kaz is there to weed out the spy who is loyal to the First Order. I've thought about each of these characters as they revealed them. I don't know if the focus will be on the Aces or if it's just anybody on the Colossus that is fair game. Could it be somebody in Team Fireball? I each of them has a I guess a motivation um, well, as we'll find out there'll probably be some red herrings on the show where maybe one episode he thinks oh it could be Tam or it could be Hype um, but then he finds out no no they, they're loyal to the resistance so that'll probably be fun part of the fun of the series and also is that like the plot point of, episode, of season one to find the spy, and that's revealed at the end of the season, or is it the ongoing arc of the whole series? I will get into that in a minute. Alright, uh, moving on, just some information on um, tie-ins. The website yakface.com, which is a toy, Star Wars toy website I have visited 
for 20 years. They, they do a great job. If you don't know, they're named Yakface.com because Yakface was the rarest and most difficult action figure to buy in the original Star Wars line back in the eight, 70s and 80s. I never had it. So, I always thought that was a nice Easter egg. But they do a good job digging and finding information on upcoming toy releases. So they found the case listing for Resistance 3.75 inch figures. Hopefully there will be more to come. I mean, it's no secret that the marketing for Rebels could have been way better as far as toys. I was hoping to get, to, to get a complete set of the figures for my son when he was younger. Never had any luck. It was just too sporadic with the releases. and I got some here and there, and the easiest ones to find were R2 and 3PO, and they were only on one episode. Um, so I'm hoping that res they do a better job with that for Resistance. Getting the characters out there, again, I would love to get the ships for him in some form. Hot Wheels. Uh, I was going to say Kenner, but Hasbro. Uh, just any way to get those out uh, for playability. And if they do, then I would like to do some uh, toy updates, toy reviews on the show. Even if they do Lego tie-ins. They did a better job with Rebels for Lego than Hasbro. So maybe that'll be the case here. Who knows? But whatever comes out, hopefully I can get a form and he can enjoy it. So what Yakface found out about the case listing was that Kaz and Tora are in the first wave. And a first, first order stormtrooper. But the other three characters we don't yet know about. There's one called Von Krieg. There's one called Sinara, and then Commander Pyre, P-Y-R-E. Before we got confirmation of Major Von Reg, it was thought that Commander Pyre would be the red um, pilot. But that turned out to not be the case. So there's three mystery characters we don't even know about. Are they all First Order? We don't know. So again, we'll see what happens with the toys. A couple of comics tie-ins that may happen. Now, this isn't directly related to the show, but there is going to be a series in the Marvel line called Age of Resistance. It will follow Age of Republic and Age of Rebellion. So, this is next year sometime that it will come out. Written by Tom Taylor. It's one-shots about the major characters from the movies in their respective ages. Will it tie into Resistance? I don't know, but I thought it was worth mentioning since it will be in that era. That I'm covering for this show. Now we do have a, for sure, a tie-in with Star Wars Adventures, which is a great release from IDW, who also has a license besides Marvel. They are more kid-friendly. They're very whimsical. Uh, Star Wars Adventures number 16 will be released. I thought I saw November, but I might be wrong on that. It will have an actual story with char uh, characters from the Resistance show. Uh, written by some writers from the show, Chris Wyatt and Kevin Burke. So that will be worth picking up if you want some tie-in information. That is it as far as the official information. So now I'm going to get into some more speculation and then I'll wrap the show up. 
so as I talked about earlier, the resistance begins six months before the Force Awakens. And it may be possible that it's concurrent with the Poe Dameron comic series and some of the events in there that would not be unprecedented because um, when Rebels first started, Marvel released a miniseries called Kanan the Last Padawan, which was about when Caleb Doom uh, survived Order 66 and eventually became Kanan Jarrus. It was told in flashback form. And it was released at the same time that I think we were in Rebels Season 2. But there was one week that the episode of Rebels referenced the issue of Kanan that came out that same week. And other than tying a lot of Easter eggs together in Solo, that to me is the best job of uniting the new canon that they've done so far. So it gives me hope that there is something like that in Resistance that ties into Poe Dameron. Now, as far as the movies, there were a couple of quotes in the videos that gave me thought. One was that, referencing what they're doing on the Colossus, war hasn't taken place yet, and these are reluctant Resistance members who are there before they get tied up in business with the First Order. So is this just a prelude to war, to a heavier material later on? I don't know how long this series is going to run. I'm hoping it's at least four, like Rebels was. But again, and I've mentioned this before, if it gets to Season 2... Episode 9 will be released halfway through Season 2. Therefore, they won't have that need to hide spoilers after that. So I do wonder, is the Season 1 cliffhanger, or is an episode in the middle of Season 2, similar to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Winter Soldier, do the events of the movie happen, Force Awakens and or Last Jedi since... I even um, tweeted to a couple of Lucas um, Lucasfilm story group members asking them, is there an official timeline from the beginning of Force Awakens to the end of Last Jedi? And I was told, not yet. It seems like it can't be more than two weeks. But again... Do the events of those two movies take place either at the end of season one or in the middle of season two? In which case, the entire dynamic of the show could change. Because is the spy rooted out at that point? And what do they have to do to deal with the beginning of the war? That can make this a really interesting series if the tone has to change that much. And that, I like that. I, it would keep it from getting stale. Even Rebels, you know, started off on Lothal. It was about missions there, missions to nearby systems. But once they got involved with the Republic, not the Republic, once they got involved with 
the main leadership of the rebellion and found out there were other cells, that series changed and it became broader scope, eventually ending back where it started, which was great. It bookended properly. But it's not a big risk to change the tone of a Star Wars series, so could that happen with Resistance? I keep thinking, yes, that's what's going to happen. So far, we've only seen footage, and I'm sure it's from the first few episodes. Mostly takes place on that water planet with the Colossus, but we've seen the um, brief view of what looks like a marketplace uh, trading post on a different planet. It's more brown and sandy, rocky, uh, that sort of thing. Which, by the way, there's tons of different aliens in that shot. And I would imagine 2D animation's got to be cheaper than 3D as far as putting background characters in, so there should be tons of different species and easter eggs like that. So we've seen them on a different planet as some sort of marketplace. We've seen X-Wings in space around an asteroid field, which, if you play Battlefront 2, one of these Starfighter battles takes place in the Unknown Regions when the Resistance fighters are attacking a First Order Star Destroyer. Could it be very similar to that? Could that even tie in? So, yeah, first season may be a little, little more closed universe, just taking place on this water planet nearby systems as they're trying to figure out what's going on with the First Order. And then once the war happens, then it spreads out. And I really started to wonder the last few days, Leia's, the message that Leia had them send out from Crate, asking for help. Do some of the characters on the show receive that message at some point to signal where in the timeline we are? That's a very exciting proposition that, you know, if you've seen the movie and you you know it well enough, you're watching the series, and all of a sudden they receive an emergency broadcast, and they know that the, re the remnants of the resistance is under attack on Crate, and you know exactly where you are, and then everything after that is to get us from the end of Last Jedi to Episode Nine, which maybe at that point we've already seen, and then it becomes, how do you fill in the blanks like they did with Clone Wars between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith? So now that we know more about these characters and what their initial situation is, I'm getting even more excited for what will come after that as we get to know them and where what situations they get put in later when we get to the events of the movie because I'm becoming increasingly convinced that we will coincide with the movies. And I should have brought the article up, but I think it was the D23 article. But the producers have pretty much said that that there will be threads that combine, uh, connect the movies to the show. So, I think I've summarized everything about as best as I could. I will wrap it up. Again, I'll try to have another episode out before the show starts, but if not, then I will jump right into episode reviews. Uh, just to let you know, what my plan is, 
if the a series continues to air each episode over the weekend, I will by midweek I will try to have that episode review out to get us ready, and then that way we can get ready for the next one, have a few days of rest in between. Uh, as far as social media, um, again, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look up Radio Dakar. I'm at R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R on Twitter. That's where I do most of my informational postings. I'm very active on Instagram now. Instagram, by the way, is the best place to find the voice talents. J- just go to my profile and look who I follow, and then you can find most of those people. Uh, some of them are really great. They've interacted with me a little bit. You can just tell that they're excited for the show, and I like that. Uh, it looks like they got some good people uh, to do the work on this. But uh, as far as Twitter, I will... I'm not going to live tweet the show because I understand I'm on the east coast of the United States. You know, everybody, people on the west coast are not going to see it yet. People in other countries are not going to see it yet. So I'll just do like an Insta reaction that's very vague and, you know, I won't give anything away. Um, so you don't have to worry about spoiler problems. I, I, I think my policy will be I won't tweet details about an episode until the next episode is aired. Until we get to maybe like a mid-season break or something like that. So like once episode one is aired, I won't talk about specifically about it till episode two is, has aired. And then I'll um, keep people updated about episode review times. I believe that is it. Again, thank you for listening. Hope you've enjoyed previous episodes. I hope you're getting as excited for the show as I am. It is rapidly approaching. We've got all this great information. There's more to speculate about since we know more details. But I will see you next time. Thank you for listening, and may the Force be with you.